Okay. No judgment, just raw and unfiltered answers. Starting now on the He Said What show with your host, Simply Bree. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, yes, yes. How are you doing this evening? I'm having a good evening. You know, it's not raining or storming or anything. That's always a plus. Yes, yes, because a lot of people, they definitely had it bad over the past couple of days. So it's always good to, you know, be in a nice warm house and and not have any problems. So what we're going to do, I want to know. I want to know the myths of manhood. Like, the things that us women hear, um, as far as men are not supposed to cry, um, why don't men showcase emotions, you know, things like that. I want to know from you, RJ, what are some of the myths when it comes to manhood that some women may know about, but men don't think it's an issue? I mean, I can't, I think you mentioned some of them just then. I mean, as far as, you know, men are supposed to be strong all the time. You know, men are uh-huh. supposed to cry. Um, the innate belief is that men are really technically supposed to have life figured out. You know, yeah. nobody really accepts a man that, quote, unquote, doesn't have a plan. And I uh-huh. think the myth behind that is that, you know, nothing is wrong with having a plan, but we're human beings. We don't always have it figured out. We don't always know what women think we know. And I don't think it makes us less of a man. It's just something that 
or it's a mentality, I should say, we have to kind of evolve from because, you know, in essence, a man is a superhero in the eyes of society. And what happens, I think, is when a woman really gets with a man and she's with that man day to day and she finds out he's just a human, he's not really a superhero, she's extremely disappointed. And, you know, that's that's some of those myths we have to start kind of talking about and dispelling. Yeah, setting those false expectations. I can only imagine the amount of pressure it must be on you guys. You know, even even outside of relationships, just as a man all in himself. So with that being said, the whole a man is not supposed to cry or you can't express any type of emotion that may be related to sensitivity. How do you think growing up with that mindset would affect a man as a father raising a son? Oh, wow. Um, that's a good question. I, I would look at it like, and I can only speak for me, um, mm-hmm. get it as in if you grow up with this shell of I can't express emotion, it can be good for a certain period of time. But now when you need to be sensitive, when you need to be able to listen, when you need to be vulnerable and open up for your child or open up for your spouse, you don't know how to do that. And what we do as men is a lot of times we just keep repeating that cycle you know, I grew up in the in the man up era. You know what I mean, man uh-huh. up boy. No, you know that's that yeah. call I remember from childhood. It's, it's man up boy, and you start to take that literally, and what it can turn into at some point, it can turn into mental health issues because no human being is able to suppress emotions their entire life. Right. So at some point, something is going to touch a certain button, and all of that stuff from your childhood that you've been holding in and pressing in, it's going to erupt. And most of the time when it erupts, it does not erupt in a healthy way. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a man and you're grown up like that and you haven't done any personal development work, you haven't worked on yourself at all, and now you have a child, it's detrimental because you're only doing what you know. So you're wow. only passing that down to that to that child, and that child will end up being the same way if, if he doesn't break the cycle and pass that down, so forth and so on. Mm, yes, but sir, see, listen. I knew what I was doing when I didn't let you know in advance. I'm just saying that. That you got, you got these set of questions going on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I was like, yeah, no, he got this one in the bag. That was amazing, and that was very, very honest. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of men and women can resonate with that. All of my callers out there, if you guys have questions for RJ or you want to, you know, say something in regards to the conversation tonight, please give us a call, 515-602-9647, and then you're going to press the number one, and that'll let me know that, hey, I got something to say. So, wow, man, mental, the mental of a man and how past childhood trauma could affect him even into adulthood. Why is it, if men are holding on to all of this, all of these teachings that are toxic or just not healthy, why when it comes to mental health, is it almost terrifying for a man to get help, for a man to become vulnerable and say, something's wrong and I need somebody to help me figure it out? I mean, imagine, though, imagine if you only know one way. So not only is it an issue 
for the outside world or for the woman in your life, but it's really an issue for you because you know you're not a superhero. So Mm -hmm. it's an identity crisis within itself. So you don't want to go get help because getting help admits that I'm not the idea of what I've been told a man is. Why would Mm -hmm. I go admit that? That's a part of the whole man up thing within itself is because I've been told I'm supposed to be this. Now, within myself, I know I'm not really that. I know I'm not everything that everybody has put on this checklist of what a man should be. So I'm struggling within myself because I know I don't meet all of that, but I'm faking it. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I fake the parts that, that are really hard, and I try to be that thing. And so even if it's extreme pressure and it's extremely bothering you, it it would take a lot for a man to stop and say, let me go get help. Now, of course, some do, which is great, and I, Mm -hmm. I think we all should. But for the most part, that's a hard thing to actually agree with that identity crisis. And then on top of that, the falsehood of manhood is what most women like. So it works for most men on the surface. So why would you give it up? You want a, you want a man that's strong. You want a man that look like he got he got it going on and he know everything. And he's suave. He know how to move right. You want that. So why am I gonna come any other way? Because I know you might not like that. Now you might you might be open and and allow me to be vulnerable. But if a man doesn't know that he can do that with you, he's gonna keep up the image and the identity because that's what's accepted. That's what's quote unquote normal. Wow. That is amazing. That is amazing. A woman, the the falsehood of manhood is what a woman wants. Now, not all women. I'll be the first person to say I don't want to speak on behalf of all. I think that's where we get in trouble as well because, you know, there's so many people out here saying, you know, when a man do this, it means this. They have no idea what they're talking about. They're talking about the people they know, the people that's been in their life. You can't – there's no one person on the planet that's qualified to speak for everybody. So I'm not Mm – definitely not saying that's what all women like. Of course not because all women are not about to be attacking me tomorrow. No, 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 no. no, 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 We're not going to do that. But some, there are some women that like that persona, so that could be a reason why a lot of men aren't able to let go of that and say, hey, I'm tired of carrying this, whatever this weight and this baggage is, and I need some help. They Mm -hmm. just keep kind of pressing on. So, okay, so the hard part of understanding all of that that makes so much sense is that why... What about the women who do care how you genuinely feel, how you genuinely and sincerely are? Like, why do guys put those type of women through the same type of hoop? Hurt people hurt people, you know? (laughs) You've been hurt your whole life. You don't know anything else. And, you know, a lot of times, and there are a lot of good women out there who have evolved past this mentality that will allow a man to be vulnerable or whatever the case may be. But mm-hmm. you got to make sure that that's consistent because mm-hmm. I've been around some women that will, yeah, they'll kind of let you open up and not kind of take off the cape of the superhero. But mm-hmm. now at some point they're going to use that against you in an argument or at some mm-hmm. point they're going to criticize something and it's going to come up and that's going to push me 15 times back more into that shell after that. So my thing is if you're going to allow somebody to open up, then it can't be a safe space when you want it to be a safe space. It's got to be a safe space consistently, or you probably do more damage than good. Mm. 
So guys are looking for a consistency. They want to make sure before they even turn that little cape to the side that you're not just putting on like a wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah, you know, I mean, I I would, you know, and yeah. I think we're all looking for that. You know, I, I always hear women saying like, you know, don't bring your representative, you know, we, that's yeah. one of our phrases, you know, don't bring your representative, you know, but none of us are, should be able to do that, men or women, you know what I mean? Right. You gotta, if it's something you can't handle now, it's just something you can't handle. If you're, if you're a woman and that's, that's not you, you're not looking for the guy that want to be vulnerable and tell you how you really feel, then don't, don't fake like you, you know, if that's what you're looking that's for. And, now, and again, I'm not talking about a man that's just walking up crying every single day. That's not what I'm talking about. But right. but there has to be some type of balance between nothing is ever wrong and I'm perfect and I'm going to cry every single day because it's raining outside. So it, it has to be some type of balance between that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so. true. We do, we do want, like, almost like the best of both worlds. Like, you want someone who is dominant and protective, um, but also does not have a problem opening up and telling you how he feels and what's really bothering him. So So you want me to be able to fix the transmission and watch the notebook with you. At the same time. So hard. It's so hard. No, just playing. (laughs) Yeah, it it be like that sometimes. So what are, what would you say are like some emotional struggles that men may face that, you know, they don't openly express it to women? Um, It could be a number of things. I, I'll, I'll speak for me again. Like I said, mm-hmm. I don't want to speak on behalf of all men because I don't know all of them. But, um, you know, for me personally, I think it was the whole thing of, especially in my younger years, my 20s and my early 30s was, you're a man. You're supposed to have all of this figured out. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I really don't, I really don't, I really don't have it all figured out. No. This or, you know, um, in dating, and I had this conversation recently, in dating, you would meet a woman and I'm like 28 and she would be like, well, what's your, what's your plan for us? I don't have one. Everybody else told her that when you meet a man, he got a plan. And I'm just like, I met you two days ago. I have a plan for you. I'm trying to get to know you, honestly, but I don't have a plan for you. And it was yeah. just these myths of things that I felt like as a man I was supposed to know, but I had mm-hmm. no clue. You know what I mean? And that was a struggle because then I had to ask myself, is there something wrong with me because I don't know these things? Mm-hmm. Or is it just society has set a norm and, again, a one-size-fits-all, and we believe in that one-size-fits-all, and if anybody doesn't fit into every box of that one-size-fits-all, then something must be wrong. And Mm -hmm. I had to get to the point where I came to the realization with, you know what, I'm going to be happy with me. Now, some things I need to learn, I'm not above that, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to be happy with who I am in the midst of not knowing right now, in the midst of needing to learn, and I'm not going to allow everything that society says I'm supposed to be to kind of jade my thinking, if that makes sense. Mhm, it makes a lot of sense. Society, man, society will sit here and tell you that you a zebra and you were really a lion. Like society, pretty has, much, <laughs> it has a way of really yeah. identifying people before people can identify themselves, and so that's where the struggle comes in. You know, it's like, Absolutely. who am I? Who who am I? And then who am I supposed to be? And how am I supposed to get there? Is that why it takes guys, uh, maybe some guys, um, a longer time or longer than the average to actually pursue a relationship? 
Ah, that's a good question. I, I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure if that's why it takes them longer to pursue the actual relationship. It could be, you know, it, it definitely could be. Um, you know, another thing is the programming because now you have the be a man part, but then you have the other layer of programming that comes from your society and your specific upbringing. And only speaking for me and the men that are around me, a lot of times when we were growing up, there were people asking you questions like, how many girlfriends do you have? Not just men, not just grown men. I remember women, grown women when I was a kid asking me, boy, how many girl, boy, you a, you a lady killer. How many girlfriends you got? And, and what I said recently on a, on an interview, I said, it's interesting that we ask little boys how many girlfriends that we got, but mm-hmm. we tell women, find you a husband. Now, yeah. how is she supposed to find a husband if I'm focusing on how many girlfriends I have? So that's a direct contradiction. So yeah. now this little boy who you've told, men and women have told, ooh, you better get you more than one girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Now he's a man and you're telling him, oh, you, you need to settle down with this one woman. What you mean? You done programmed me to have 16 of them. Now you want me to change? Like, yeah. come on. So, you know, it, it, we have to watch what we're programming into our, you know, our kids, what we're what we're telling them, because most of us have been told something as men that's a direct contradiction, and that could be the reason that mm. it's hard sometimes for a man to say, okay, I just want to be with this one woman. Right. So, you know what? That leads into a, a side question. Is this where the development of the – debate between monogamy and polyamory come into play? Oh, you you open up that can. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's where that debate comes in. I think that debate might come into play more so from a, you know, a, um, a standpoint of have we evolved past what we've been told. So we've been told monogamy is the only way. So I uh-huh. think, I think in every, generation or so we pushed the envelope we always evolved you know um there was at one point where you know maybe our grandparents no matter what happened they would never get a divorce they would just suffer through it you know what i mean because Mm -hmm. that was the standard grandpa could have a family on the other street but grandma ain't going nowhere because it was socially unacceptable and then we pushed the envelope until until we got to a point where women said i'm not going to be treated like this i'm i'll get a divorce so that Mm -hmm. became normal and then we got to the point where we had, you know, just men and women in relationships. That was the only thing we knew. And then, mm-hmm. you know, our LGBTQ community came about, and now that's that's perfectly normal. So I think mm-hmm. the monogamy conversation is the next thing or the next envelope in our evolution that we're pushing right now because a lot of people are saying, I don't feel like I need to just be with one person. I feel like one person is not designed to satisfy all of my needs for the rest of my life. That's unrealistic. Uh And maybe so. You know what I mean? I I personally believe that you got to write your own chapter regardless of what society says. You know, you got to figure out what works best for you and implement that, whether nobody (laughs) agrees with it or not, whether Uh that's monogamy, whether that's, polyamorous, whatever it is, if it works for you and it's honest with whoever you're involved with, then who am I? Who am I to tell you it's right or wrong? Yes. Yeah. You know what? When we do talk about the whole debate, 
you will be coming back, sir. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to say that. I'm just going to say that. Uh, if you guys are tuned in, you are listening to He Said What? He just said what to? And I am your host, Simply Bree. I have my guest tonight, Mr. RJ Hodges. He is lighting it up. If you guys want to get in on the conversation, the number is 515-602-9647, and then you're going to press the number one. Um, just make sure that you keep your question or comment to at least one minute. Um, wow. Yeah, that's, that's definitely going to be one good debate. So now, with that being said, as far as the whole even just relationships, um, how do you think... Um, well, how do you show a woman um, that you're interested in her uh, and just beyond sex? Like, it's more than sex. But I also want your brain. How do you show that to a woman? Um, I think you communicate it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't necessarily think it has to be this big secret mission impossible thing to figure out. <laughs> I think. I think you know. Sometimes I think we make things too complicated. I think you you communicate it. I'm interested in you. I, I I like spending time with you. And then of course you show it. You know what I mean? Right. Somebody that you're in constant communication with or constant contact with. You know somebody that you're you're spending time with because time is precious. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know for me it is. So time is a, a big deal. That's something we. I don't care how much success you get. You can't get last year back or the year before Mm -hmm. that. So time is a big deal. So, yeah. So I think anybody that is consistently spending time with somebody and, and, and willing to communicate that, I think that's how you show a person, Hey, I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested enough to be here at this point doing this consistently to get to know you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So very, very good, valid point there. Now, of course, for me to ask the question, that means that that hasn't been a solution for every person. So why might it be difficult for a man to open up and verbally express himself to the woman as far as how he feels about her and where he wants to go um, with her outside of being intimate? Nobody has taught us to do it, unfortunately, for the most part. You know what I mean? Like where does that... Like I said, it goes back to to upbringing. Unless you know, unless you were a man that was taught that was taught different, or right. you grew up in a house to where you know you saw your father telling your mother he loved her, and and he told you that hey, you got to express this to your to your future girlfriend, your future wife. You know, other than that, you don't you don't really know to do that. A man's first love is his is his mom. You yeah. know, for the most part. And mm-hmm. so after that, and maybe, you know, a sister or something like that, but after that, it's kind of like he's not really taught to open up to the girl that he met at school or, you know, the girl that he likes. He's not taught to do that. So that's something that you have to try to learn on your own as a man, or at least I had to. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That wasn't something that I was taught. My mom, my, my aunties, sisters, all of that, yeah, that was family. But outside of that, no. You know what I mean? Nobody ever really told me that. Again, I had to go through trial and error in the process. I said this on a um, an interview as well. I said I never knew I was closed off until I really dated a woman seriously, and she said, you're closed off. You don't open up. And I literally mm. looked her in her eyes and said, I'm a grown man. What are you talking about? Uh. Open up. Because that sounded, that to me, that sounded extremely foreign to me. It's like, mm. open up about what? Like what are you talking about? Like yeah. I, I couldn't even I couldn't even fathom what she was talking about, 
And from that, it took me looking at me and saying, you know, the famous question that I tell people to ask themselves is the information you have or what's programmed in you, is it serving you well? The way you think, is it serving you well? And I knew in that moment the way I thought that wasn't serving me well. So I had to personally start to crucify some of those ideas and, and learn open up. And I'm not saying I'm all the way there, but, you know, mm-hmm. I'm working on it. That's great. Like, just to be able to open up and share that, it's very important because you have men that are listening and they're saying to themselves, and we spoke about this earlier, I don't have a problem. There's nothing wrong with me. When in reality, there is something wrong and it's being expressed that, hey, this relationship has a problem. Um, You know, I can say sometimes maybe women expect the man to know how to fix it. But like he just mm-hmm. stated, if he didn't grow up seeing it get fixed when it happened, then he's not going to know how to do it. So how might how might the relationship in raising a son with that same mindset differ as if he when he was raising a daughter? So if he had a girl instead of a son, how might he raise that child differently? I think men are always naturally a little bit softer. Mm-hmm. with their daughters, I don't think it's necessarily because they always have changed and they're opening up as men. I just right. think they look at her as a little girl and she's precious, you know, yeah. and, and it, it goes back into the mindset. What do we, I, I don't know how old you are, so this might not matter to you, but I know when I <clears throat> when I was growing up, they had this saying like, you know, girls are cinnamon and spice and everything nice oh. or whatever, it, and boys were something else, like something rough. So I think we follow that. I think yeah. men just follow that when they have daughters, like she's nice, she's sweet, she's delicate, I got to protect her. But mm-hmm. when he has a son, he goes back to what he was taught. You a man, I got to show you how to survive. I got to show you how to fight. I got to show you how to be tough. I got to show you how to... You know, and and it's just an instinct thing. So I right. so I don't think it necessarily, and it might. You know, I, I have I don't have a daughter, so I don't know. But I I have had friends that say when they had their daughter, it softened them up some. You yeah. know, with their daughter, <laughs> that's right. the key. With their right. daughter, they were softer, and they were they might open up, they might cry around their daughter. But now when they leave their daughter, they back to you know they back to who they quote unquote supposed to be. So right. I don't know if. You know, having a daughter might make you softer for her, but it's not necessarily a fixer for, you know, you and your own personal development. Right. Yeah. And that's it's very important. The relationship between uh, a father and his daughters is, I feel, different from the father and the son. So for a boy to grow up and not have that connection, because nowadays the fathers are usually not in the household. It's like, who does he turn to to identify himself in and understand how he may act or how expectations of how he should act would be? Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, I grew up in a in a single-parent household, and mm-hmm. I, I probably differ from most men. I, I, I do agree every boy deserves and needs a man in his life. I don't think that for the, the young men who don't necessarily have it, I don't think it's a death wish for them. You right. know what I mean? Because sometimes we'll say like, oh, uh, you know, a woman can't raise a man. It's almost like we're saying, well, that boy is doomed. And I, I disagree because my, my mom raised a man. Now, don't get me wrong. Had it been a father there, and my father passed away when I was eight, so it wasn't like he was just, a, you know, not, not in the picture because he wanted right. to be, but 
had it been a father there, yeah, there would have been a bunch of stuff, tangible things that he could have taught me that I had had to just figure out over the years. Like I was thinking about the other day, like changing a tire. I don't know who taught me how to change a tire. I think I just kind of played around with it until I figured it out. I seen it done before, so I did it. So mm. things like that, a dad could have taught me, but I believe that character can be shared from a woman as a mother to a young boy. Integrity can be shared from a mother, you know, uh, to a young boy. And, and like I said, that's not to say that he does not need a man, but I feel like if that's not present, it doesn't mean that, oh, he's doomed. He's not going to become you know, a good man. Right. You know, but, but, you know, by all means, I think if you are a single mother, you know, put your, put your son around men of integrity and men of standard, you know, so that he can get that. But that's the thing. I don't know mm-hmm. if any of us should be 100% modeling ourselves after anybody outside right. of good character and good integrity and all of those things, because, you know, everybody has some type of flaw. You don't want to, you don't want to mimic anybody a hundred percent. So I think mm-hmm. character and integrity are bigger than some of those physical things that are that a boy may lack if he doesn't have a father in the house. Yeah, that's very important. Like knowing who you are, like really, really, and I, and and I honestly feel like we never will really thoroughly know who we are because we're mm-hmm. constantly growing. So by the time you get to Eighteen, and you think you know everything that you're supposed to know about being a, a eighteen year old. The next thing you know, you got to be twenty one. So it's more stuff <laughs> that's being added on. So um, I definitely agree with you. I don't feel like you know you need to have both parents in the household. Um, well, I would say need to, but you won't be doomed if you do not. So yeah, it, it's possible for you to still make it. And again, like mm-hmm. I said. Ideally, yes. I think I think at some point, you know, every man has to get with another man and talk to another man and, and, and kind of be able to process what we all think about and go through that maybe a woman doesn't understand. But I hear mm-hmm. sometimes on shows and stuff like that where people go, oh, a single mother? Like, nah, she can't raise no man. And they just kind of leave it right there as mm-hmm. if, okay, well, that boy, he's doomed. Like, that's, you know, mm-hmm. that's, I don't think that's a thing. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think so either. But everybody is entitled to think the way that they think. They're gonna do it anyway. So, um, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break. Um, we will play a quick snippet of one of the artists who was a guest on the previous show, Studio Vibes. Um, Lou, we have one of her tracks. So, uh, you guys. Hold still if you want to ask a question. The number is 515-602-9647. You're going to press the number one, and that way we'll know to bring you up. So we'll be right back. This is uh, Lou with 40s and Shorties. I'm trying to get in them panties I be out in the strip club 
the one who was trying to give up A sense that she's shaking that ass I'm trying to run you a back, back I know these hoes, they be mad, mad Me and my homies be smiling When y'all be shaking that ass, ass Go ahead and throw that shit back, back Gonna like macaroni, she be gushy, gushy When I be yelling that pussy, pussy All right, we are back. This is He Said What with your host, Simply Bree. And tonight we have our guest, RJ Hodges. So if you guys want to join in, 515-602-9647, you're going to press that number one. So, RJ, what? Yes, ma'am. Speaking of children, because... We have some men out there who are not fathers and they're in their 40s and they may not have no interest in being fathers or that time may not have been right for him. Um, but those who are fathers out there, what fears might a man have when it comes to fatherhood? Now, I'm not a father, so y'all mm. take my fatherhood comments with a grain of salt, but... <laughs> um, I don't know. I've never had I've never had any fears of fatherhood. I think the only fear might be there is having a kid with the wrong woman. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah. never a, a fun thing. And you know, me personally, I'm not extremely traditional. But the only traditional thing that I always wanted to do was if I had a kid, I always wanted to be in a as stable possible relationship situation as possible. You know, just because I I, I know the other side of that can be extremely hectic so Uh for me i think that that was only the only fear is like not to get caught up like child support and court dates and you know only seeing my kid on the weekend so that was the fear so that fear kind of prompted me to say i never want to just randomly have a kid you know without some type of preparation and, and some type of foundation going on Right. No, I agree with you a hundred percent. And and as you were speaking, it, it was, I was just thinking to myself, it's sad that the fact that times have come to the point where we have to first want a stable relationship, like a healthy relationship. Like that should just be the that should just happen. That's what we we think yeah. happen. But now we have to actually desire something like that. So um we do have a caller. So, caller, you are live on He Say What with Bentley Bree and RJ. Do you have a question or comment? Well, hey there, Simply Bree and RJ. Hello. How are you? Hello. Awesome. Well, this is your girl, Mimosa, one of your <laughs> wonderful, words, you know, your sister and all. Yes, I will say, I want to compliment RJ on his his thoughts and answers that he has given tonight. Um, Mm -hmm. I will say that, you know, you have given quite mature um, and uh, thought, you know, thoughtful answers to the question, Mm -hmm. you know, from your perspectives and experiences that you have gone through. So I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And I hope a lot of men are listening and, you know, understand that a lot of times, like you said, um, you know, it's, it's from experience and maturity of a man. Um, I have two sons, 27 mm-hmm. and 25. Uh, unfortunately, they had to go through what many uh, men went through as far as parents becoming divorced. Mm-hmm. 
And I think, and honestly, you know, for my sons to be 27 and 25, neither one of them have children. Mm. And they're not in a serious relationship. So I, I tend to think sometimes that because their father and I became divorced <laughs> and then a blended family with their father remarrying and then remarrying um, into a different race, that they're scared. Hmm. Can I, can I speak to that? Mm-hmm. Please do. Possibly. I mean, that's possible, but, you know, I think timing is everything. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. it may not necessarily mean that they're scared, but they're 25 and you said 28. So it, it may just mean that they're getting an understanding of what they really like. I, I, I personally think most men shouldn't get married extremely early. Like, you need to figure out some stuff first. Uh-huh. You need to figure mm-hmm. out who you are as a man. You know, I think sometimes we we have these quotas for, like, marriage and relationships. Like, by this age, you're supposed to be this. You ain't uh-huh. even healed mm-hmm. from the other stuff yet. So it may not be that they're, you know, they're, they're, they got some kind of trauma from the divorce. It might just be they're just kind of going through life and timing is everything you know in, in three to five years right. they might both be married and have kids mm-hmm. so you know mm-hmm. I, I won't necessarily say it, it has to be because of that sometimes it's just you know the, the the growing and the going through and meeting different people and we all know you know you don't the first mm-hmm. person you date might not be the person the first 20 people you date <laughs> might mm-hmm. not be the person right. so you know it, it could be them really learning how to be extremely selective about that which could be a good thing Mm-hmm. Right, and I think I did scare the daylight out of them when they were younger because <laughs> I um, <laughs> I did scare the daylight out of them. No, and I say that because I was the type of mother I didn't, you know, when I talked to my sons, I talked to them at the dinner table. We, you know, we sat down, we had dinner as a family. I talked to them about, you know, their bodies and and you know having, you know, intimate relationships and sexual relationships. And I used to tell them that if they made a baby. Um, that, you know, their father and mother wasn't going to help take care of the baby. They would have to sing and dance on the corner for pennies, nickels, and dimes. And I would always tell them that, you know, do not bring a child in this world until you are able to take care of four people on your salary. And that meant mm-hmm. rent, car notes, car insurance, utilities, clothes, food, the whole the whole gamut. Yeah. Okay. Well, sounds sound like your them. teachers would, are paying off then. Mm-hmm. Right. And I would walk them up and down like the baby aisle in a grocery store. Go, do you see how much baby food costs? Do you see how much formula costs? Do you see how much pampers costs? Do you see how much this stuff costs? It's like, you know, daycare costs this amount. So unless you can do this on your own for four people, don't do it. Yeah. Wow. You, wow. you should teach a class. Listen, right? Thank you, my mother. <laughs> That's good. You're welcome. You came through with it. Let me go ahead and give you a round of applause. So, RJ, um, when mm-hmm. it comes to, uh, you know, relationships, why do you think women um, or why do you think men have the reputation of not being emotionally connected um, or even expressive when they're in a relationship? Like I said, I mean, I think I think men just haven't been, they haven't been taught that, you know, and a lot of times, sometimes even if they have been around men growing up, I know... Mm-hmm. A lot of the men from the generations before us to express themselves verbally just wasn't a thing. Like how you showed you love somebody was that you eat today. You know what I mean? So a lot of times, a lot of times, a lot of men who have 
actually grown up where they seen men, whether it was their own dad and their mom or whether it was aunts and uncles, it wasn't very expressive. Those men from those times were, you know, I went to work every day, I provided, and I came home and I sat down and I'm quiet, leave me alone. Like, Uh and that was their way of saying I love you. Um, So we're only one generation removed from that. I don't even know if we're one generation removed from that. So, again, sometimes we're expecting somebody to do something that they just don't know how to do. Um, On top of that, one of the things I always tell clients, 95-plus percent of my clients have always been women, I always say, well, if this person won't open up as a man, don't keep talking to him about opening up. That's probably going to make him open up less. Just have conversations. You know, as men, we like to talk. And I usually, again, I don't like to generalize, but most men I know, we like to talk if we feel comfortable enough to talk to you. But if we start to feel like everything that we say is going to be criticized, broken down, analyzed, thrown back up later, judged, I I don't really got nothing to say to you right now. I'm just going to nod and say, okay, and love you, baby, and keep moving. (laughs) It's easier. Sometimes that's easier than opening up a conversation and not knowing if I'm gonna touch a nerve or if I'm gonna say this and she gonna react, it's like let me just let me stay where I am. So you know, all of those could be factors. Do men lie to us just to spare our feelings or not hurt Ooh, women? Now you ain't you ain't seen the campaign. I don't know about all men, but black, black men don't men. cheat, black men don't lie. Now yes, that's, that's the, well, I don't black men don't cheat, but I'm starting to black men don't lie now. We don't do that. That's no no man. <laughs> No, man, on behalf of all. Now, this is why I speak for all the brothers. On behalf of all brothers, we do not lie. That's what we don't do. I went to the meeting last Tuesday, and they told me, if you get on that call and tell this, you're not going to be able to come outside. So on behalf of all brothers, we do not lie. That's what we don't do ever at all. Next question, ma'am. Thank you for that. That was good. Trying to set up, trying to set me up. Talking about this. <laughs> I knew I had to watch you from the start. Cause yeah, yeah. Nope. I might have to go to Walmart in the morning. They are not gonna be waiting outside on me when I go to Quick Trip and get gas. You gonna have me out here? No, not at all. Not at all. Nope. So yeah, no, nah, men, men don't lie. Wait a minute now. We are. You're doing it right now. Who? You. What? What happened? What happened? I, I, you lost me. What I do? Oh my gosh! So men don't lie to women to protect their feelings or prevent any type of pain or hurt emotionally to them. That's not really a lie. That's what you just said—to protect them from something. <laughs> so I don't. That's not. That's not lying. That's called safety. One oh one. No. I'm really playing. I mean, honestly, I, I you know, again, speaking for all people is impossible, but um have I ever lied to somebody to protect them from something? Possibly. Not not to the point of like a, a relationship lie. Like I've never I've never told somebody I liked them and I really didn't, or I've never told anybody, you know, something in that regard. But now <laughs> I'm not going to tell you this because you probably don't need to know that because that's not for your own good. Yeah. Probably. Uh-huh. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So a form of protection. That's, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, you know, but I'll, I mean, that's outside how I of that, we, we don't do it. 
because yeah, y'all yeah, don't we lie. Don't, we don't do it outside of that. <laughs> so, okay, so now, now check this. If you had a guy that you were cool with to the point where it was just considered brotherhood, and you knew he was lying to himself about something, some, some BS, would you call him out? Would you feel comfortable enough to call him out on it, or would you continue to let him have that mindset and keep thinking that way? If he's lying to himself about something? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, depending on how close we were, yeah, I, I probably would. You know, and, and it probably would depend upon how detrimental it is. You know what I mean? If, if, but if yeah. it's something that he's lying to himself about, and I know for a fact, like, if you keep telling yourself this is not a problem, you know, this is going to get you right. something terrible, like, yeah, I, I think I would be less than a, a real friend to, to not say, hey, this is the issue and this is going to get you caught up in some sort of way. So, yeah, yeah, I would definitely do that. Okay. So now if your brother was Uh-oh. cheating on his wife and there was all types of evidence proving that he had been cheating on his wife, but he came to you and he said, that was me, man. They just, you know, they're hating on me. Are you going to call him out? If the evidence is visual, now define call him out. Am I gonna call him out and tell him personally, or am I gonna like tell his wife or something? No, 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 no. Call him out. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think I think people that you have a real relationship with, you know, and you see them on something crazy, and you Mm -hmm. know it for a fact, like in private, you can you can call them out. In private, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll really ask the real questions and be like, you know, this is obvious and, and, and see what he says. Um, what I don't agree with is calling somebody out publicly or putting it out there in a oh, weird yeah. way or, you know, we live in the we live in the era now where people are, quote, unquote, supposed to be friends, but instead of them picking up the phone and talking to somebody, they make a YouTube video, and I will never understand that. I will never yeah. understand how two grown men are going back and forth posting videos at each other. Like, that is, I, now, if anything I haven't overcome as far as the manhood mentality, that is a man we don't do. I don't understand that. But, you know, not I think part if you're, of the friends, yeah, I'm not part of that. But, um, but the friends that I do have, if it was something that, yeah, behind closed doors, you know, it's just us or, yeah, I would definitely say, like, come on, man. Like, it's it's obvious you're doing X, Y, Z, not in a judgment way, but in a, you know, be honest with yourself way so that you can figure this out. Right, yeah. So even just living at that facade right there, um, why are, why do you think there's so much pressure on men to create a facade, uh, which then they got to turn around and they got to do everything that they possibly can to keep it going? TV, <laughs> Instagram, social media. YouTube, all of that. I mean, again, you have to look at what society presents as a real man and a good man. Right. You know what I mean? Like, go go online right now. And I've never done this, so I, you know, it could be wrong. Mm-hmm. But if you type in really good man online, I'm sure somebody that comes up is going to be well-dressed, look like they got a little bit of money on them, you know what I mean, look like they, uh, you know, probably got a nice car and a nice house. So all of that is what society Mm -hmm. says a real man is. If you're not that, how do you come to a woman and say, hey, you know, (laughs) I'm close, but I'm not there yet. Mm -hmm. A lot of people won't accept that. So 
again, you haven't been taught how to be vulnerable and say, hey, I just, I don't, I don't have that right now. I'm between jobs, or I just went through this, or whatever the case may be. You don't have that in you to say that. So the next thing is I got to pretend like I do because I'm believing that that's the only thing you'll accept. Mm-hmm. You know? So, that, so I think that that's the reason. You know, if everybody says this is the way you should be mm-hmm. and you're not that and nobody will really accept anything else, then a lot of people conform to making it look just like that. Right. Do you think that the overall process as far as um, pretending to be someone that you're not so that you are accepted in society um, in the eyes of a woman, do you think that 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 plays a role? Because the overall, I guess, person would be a woman. I mean, I I think it. you can only fake it for so long. You know what I'm saying? You can't be you can't be what you're not. And ultimately, you know, sooner or later, if it's if it's somebody that is going to be around for a few minutes, she's going to ultimately see that you don't have this. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I mean, we we live on Instagram. We live on social media. I can scroll down a timeline at any given point and see people that I know personally that's mm-hmm. posing with cars. I know that ain't your car. They don't know that's not your car, but I know it's not your car. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you can and, and and you could possibly take that car and go meet a, a, a woman and take her out and, and do the whole thing. But how long are you going to have that car before you got to give it back to your homeboy? Wow. You know, so if you go out with her a third time or a fourth time, you no longer That's have right. that car. Yeah. And you got to kind of figure that out and explain that, you know. So you can only fake it but for so long. Um, depending on your age bracket, I know if you're younger, you're in your 20s, we're talking about a whole different game. But if you're older mm-hmm. – you know, 30s and above, I say be who you are. If she don't like who you are, that's probably not the one anyway. Yeah, that's that's so true. Yeah. And that's with anybody, really. Like, if they can't accept you for who you are, then what good are they? Not to be like right. in self-defense, but in the yeah. self-defense. Because you're going to slip up at some point. Like I said, if you're yeah. facing it, you're going to slip it. You can't help it because it's not um, real. Anything that's not real you know, at, at some point, the mask comes off, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Whether you're faking it as far as the money or you're faking it as mm-hmm. far as status or whatever the case may be, at some point, all Ooh. of that is going to come off and, and you know. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, I mean, that's, that's what, where are you located at? What state are you in? I'm in Atlanta. So, okay, so you know all about the faking it. So a lot of people. Uh, wow, you didn't just do that. I'm, let me let me clarify though. Let me clarify, and somebody might get mad at me, but I'm I'm gonna say it. I'm originally from Atlanta, born and raised. So a lot of this Atlanta stuff that y'all that y'all see is something that has come into Atlanta. People that are originally from here, it, it, it's really not that vibe. You know what I mean? Wow. But of course, Atlanta is this melting pot to where you rarely ever come across people that were born and raised here, you know, so mm-hmm. I yeah. put that out there. So he just had to basically tell us that Atlanta is really a glazed over Hollywood. That's what he was trying to say. And, yeah, Atlanta, I mean, Atlanta is a city that, you know, I mean, I could break down the history of Atlanta. We have to do another show for that. But, you know, Atlanta is a city that became popularized mainly in the mm-hmm. 1996 Olympics and from that point, you know, I think people discovered an oasis, a, a, a city in the South 
um, yeah. that you could pretty much live great in for half the cost of most other major cities. I mean, how can you beat that? And, and people just yeah. started coming here. And when people come, you know, in, in the type of growth that Atlanta had, they bring all types of cultures and this and that. And yeah. It just kind of gets mixed up. So a lot of times when I hear people go, these people from Atlanta, I have to stop them and I go, whoever you're dealing with probably wasn't born at Grady Hospital, across a long hospital. Ooh, not Grady. You know, they're they not, yeah, they're not from here. You got to, you know, you got to really come from the soil to tell me like, hey, this person is like this and they're from Atlanta. I don't yeah. care if you've been here since you was 17. It's just still not the same. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. Sir, listen. Listen, don't be trying mm. to take the show, okay? Don't be trying to take the show. I'm just saying, you know. You said, you said Atlanta, you know, that's, I got to, yeah, everybody yeah. got a flag, they got to hold up. I got to, I got to hold up the flag for the city sometimes. <laughs> Somebody so, got to do So, um, and I'm glad it was you. Thank you so very much. Because, <laughs> you know, black men don't lie. Black men don't cheat. Um, how does, again. how does black men perform <laughs> masculinity? And say that one more time. You said, how does black men do what now? How do black men perform masculinity? Define that. What do you mean perform masculinity? So you know how a woman says, oh, he has to be masculine. He has to be aggressive. He has to be the leader. He has to be strong and confident. How, what actions of a man showcases <laughs> masculinity? The the facade that I just talked about a few minutes ago. I mean, no, nah, seriously. Um, I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think I think sometimes we've been told certain things so much that we we repeat a lot of things and we don't even know what that means. You know, that's a question that I would love to ask a woman when you say a man needs to be masculine. What do you mean by that? And, and maybe they got an answer or a definition, and maybe they don't. Maybe it's just something that they heard, but you know. From from my perspective, it has always been, you know, a man takes charge. A man, you know, it, it, again, it almost makes it sound like a, a man is supposed to grab you and drag you down the street with him. Like, I, I got this. I am a man. You know, like, hear me roar like I'm, I'm the king. Right. You know, that, that, that's the mentality that it that it presents. And we all know that that mentality alone in most relationships, aren't, that's not going to fly the whole time. So I think sometimes when we say things like that, we got to mm-hmm. sit back and break that down right. and say, well, what does that mean for me, really? Right. You know, um, and, and be able to define that. If not, we start trying to live off of a bunch of things that we've heard and off of a bunch of other people's plans. And right. I think that's how we get in trouble. So let me ask you this to piggyback off of that. Do you think that when a woman says that the man, needs to be masculine. He needs to showcase his masculinity. Do you think the image or the childhood and how either the male role model that was in her house or her father, how they showcase themselves, that could subconsciously be what she's mirroring? Absolutely. You only know what you know. You know what I mean? Your definitions of everything in life comes from what has been programmed in you. So if she saw, you know, aggressive, dominant men that yelled and put their foot down and, you know, when they walk in the house, the roaches scatter and everybody run and sit down because daddy, if, if that's what she saw, to to some degree, 
yeah, that's what a masculine man will be. Now, to somebody else, a masculine man, because I've, I've met women that was like, no, my dad used to cook. So they mm. might have saw their dad in the kitchen cooking, and that might represent a level of masculinity. That's why I said when people say that, what does mm. that really mean? You know, right. whereas another man might have been like, hey, when I get home at 6 o'clock, my food better be on the table. It's going to be a problem. You know what I mean? Oh. If she's seen oh. that, she may think that's a level of masculinity, but is there really one definition for what that means? Because it's, it's based upon what you've seen and what you've, what you've adopted is right. right. It may not be right, but what you've adopted is right. You've said that's it. So you're looking for something to mirror that. Mm-hmm. I, to, to, to also add into what you just said, I think that it actually both both parties play a role. The person who is observing and the person who's actually demonstrating. If the father likes to cook, you know, and the daughter is witnessing him cooking, maybe that's his way of showcasing his masculinity to himself is by being able to provide to his family in that sense instead of being the head of household financially. He's making sure that Everybody gets to eat. He worries about how the food is collected and, and delivered to the house. And then mm-hmm. you have a daughter who is witnessing this, and she's seeing her father who's cooking into her. That's a sign of masculinity. Then That means that when she grows up, she's going to be looking for a man who finds joy or comfort in cooking. Right, right, yeah. It, yeah, everything goes back to, like I, <clears throat> like I said, what you've seen, and what you're most comfortable with until you change that. You know what I mean? You have you have the ability to redefine what you've been told and what you've seen, but, you know, most people kind of stick with whatever that looked like for them. So, yeah, I agree. So let me ask you this. Now, that's the case of a woman um, and her desires in a man and possibly being raised by, you know, with the father in the house. What about those who grew up in foster care, who didn't have a mom or didn't have a father, but stayed in a group home setting? I think that could be something that it, it just depends on how they processed it, you know, for, for, for them. And again, I'm speculating because I didn't grow up in foster care, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. But right, anybody right. that I ever came across, you know, from that perspective, sometimes it was trust issues there because you don't, you know, in that in that situation, you're really alone. Even when you go into, you know, a foster house, you're not expected to stay there forever most of the time, you know, and if you've been in different foster care homes and things like that, you're moving around. So now trust may be an issue for you because that's your past experience. That's your past exposure. Those are the things that you have, you know, been exposed to, and that's the type of information that you have is that people will leave me. They're not trustworthy, so forth and so on. So now as an adult, Again, we're who we are until we ask ourselves that question, is it serving me well, and how do I change it? But until you ask yourself that question and change, you're a product of your programming. So if if that's the case, now going into a relationship, trust might be a factor. You know, um, it, it could be all types of things that could be a factor at that point because I've been in and out so much commitment could be a factor because I'm not I'm not committing because – nothing lasts forever according yeah. to what I've seen. Yeah. That's amazing. Look, sir, I ain't never given anybody to be talking. 
I can't. What is that? <laughs> I what just heard the that? applause. I had to get silent. <laughs> <laughs> you tried to make it seem like it was more people than it was. Sir, I thought you said black men don't lie or cheat. Oh, we don't. We don't. You got In fact, when you promote this, you got to just highlight that one little segment right there and yeah. just put that out there. Black men don't cheat. Black men don't lie. That's it. Oh, that's, man. Listen. That's what that's they said at the meeting last Tuesday, and that's what I'm going with. Hmm. That's the string you sticking to it? Yes, okay. ma'am. 100%. Uh, okay. That's okay. So when it comes to masculinity, um, how might a guy who maybe is not as aggressive or not as strong or not as confident, how might that, his way of life and personality affect him in the dating world? I mean, I think if he's dating women that have only formed one opinion of what masculinity is, then, you know, he might be in trouble because he doesn't, he doesn't fit all of those check marks. But I think, I think being masculine is you being comfortable with the man that you are and commit to growing in areas that you feel the need to grow in, not necessarily what, you know, society says you need to grow in, but whatever you feel you need to grow in and overcome. And I think if you can get comfortable with the man that you are with whatever flaws are there, whatever check boxes that aren't checked off, then I think you'll be okay in the dating world because hopefully you'll attract a woman that understands that, masculinity is not a one-size-fit-all thing. It's not one way of being, and she'll be able to see a, a true human being who's on this journey of life and learning about themselves and getting better, but is comfortable in their own skin. Right, yeah. So the interesting thing, okay, I, I completely agree with you having your own mindset and not falling victim to how society describes the perfect ideal person to be. Now, what if we flip the situation around a little bit and we say, well, it's not necessarily society that's trying to tell you how you should be or recommend you altering your life in this way and things are going to change. But what if it's a close brother of yours who appears to be successful in practicing what he preaches? You said if he is practicing what he's preaching? Yeah, he's successful at it. I mean, how do you tell a man not to do what he's going to do anyway? Right. You know what I mean? I think, I think you know, for for the people that I align myself with or, or the brothers that I am around, you know, it's a bunch of brothers that's really trying to be better people, you know, overall. So I'm not really around people that's, that's, that's still faking it at this point or still, you know, I'm, I'm past that point in my life and, and my circle is past that point, you know. Right. Um, but I think it's just it's just growing up. You know, I think it's just growing up. It's a level of maturity. And I think at some point every man has to just say, hey, this is me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Good, bad, indifferent. This is me. Now, the bad and the indifferent and the stuff that I, that, that I know needs to be worked on, I got to be, you know, man enough to go work on it. But I'm, I'm comfortable enough of, of presenting myself as I am and, and just knowing that this is who I am and this is where I am right now. Mm, okay. So speaking of myths, uh, so they say big hands, big feet. We all know that myth, right? 
Um, how might even an expectation such as the man's manhood, uh, so to say, how might that pressure affect the man? That's a good question. You pulling off the gloves now. Um, again, <laughs> perspective. You know what I mean. It, it depends on that woman's perspective, and and you know who she been with and how she been out here in these streets. And no, I'm just playing, but mm-hmm. it, it, it would depend. You know, whatever she's been looking at. You know, if you've been looking at, you know, if you got a Pornhub account and that's what you've been looking at. Not that I know. I've never been on Pornhub, but anyway, if you've been looking on there, black men don't lie. We don't. We don't do it. But anyway, but if you've been looking at that and you're seeing this as a woman and that's what you're expecting, and even if a man, if you've been told that you're supposed to be that, again, mm-hmm. whatever you've been told that you're supposed to be that you don't feel that you are is mm-hmm. going to be some type of identity issue for you until you can work through that and get over that and understand, like, look, I'm just going to go with what I got. <laughs> you know, because yeah. at the end of the day, you know, when you're talking about something like that, you got what you got. You know what I mean? So you're going to have to figure that out. <laughs> Can't take it back. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, you know, you got what you got, you know, so you're going to have to work. You have to work. You have to work that out. Figure it out. <laughs> you have to figure it Exactly. Well, um, with, with that being said, really quick plug right quick. Last week's show was perfect. It goes hand in hand. With this show, well, not necessarily. We just dabbed on that subject. But last week's show on She Said What, the question for our guest, Ree, was the size matter. So for those who listen, when you get a chance, you want to go back to last Wednesday's episode of The Size Matter. That show, just like this show tonight, was so good that we ended up running at an hour and a half instead of just an hour. So... You definitely want to take a listen to that. Um, Thank you to all the listeners who heard that show last week and called in or is listening uh, tonight. Yeah, I can only imagine what, how men feel like. And I think that can add on to, like, anxiety, depression, you know, confidence, you know, lack of confidence. So, yeah. Why don't y'all, I won't say y'all, but why don't men like to get help? Like, not even, come on, like mentally get help or open up to someone close and let them know that they're bothered by something instead of just letting it build up. They might not have anybody to open up to. You know, I mean, everybody is. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. No, I'm saying they, they may not have anybody to open up to, you know. Um, a lot of times, depending on, you know, where you're where you are in your circle, you might not have anybody in that circle to actually that you feel that comfortable to open up to. And a lot of people, I think we're just now getting to the point that we under, understand that if you don't have that, then therapy is okay. You know, hiring a therapist or hiring a personal development, like those things are okay. In some cases, better than talking to your your family and friends because this is somebody who is non-biased that, you know, won't be able to bring this up at the the cookout two years from now, you know, know, stuff like that. So I think most of the time we just don't know that. We don't know who to 
say it too that's within our circle because right. I don't know if you know, I know I know you care about me, I know you love me, I know you might be my best friend, or my brother, or my sister, or whoever, but I, I don't know how you're gonna feel if I say this. So you just kinda shy away from it, you know. So I think we we are in an era now where more men are going to therapy. You know, right. I, I've talked to men that are saying like, yeah, I, you know, I went and saw a therapist because I think a lot of men are starting to realize like I can't live in this way, not, not mm-hmm. and have longevity and be happy and all of that. So there are some things I got to work out. And if I can't work it out with the people that are around me, let me go work it out with a professional. Right. Right. I yeah. agree with you a thousand percent on that. Um, because this mental health is very important, very, very important. And it's not something to be taken lightly. So we do have a caller. Uh, caller, you are live with us. What? With Simply Bree and RJ. Do you have a question, comment? Sure do. Hey, this is RJ. What's going on, fam? Hey. I'm good. How are you? Doing all right. Um, I just heard the question. Um, one thing I will say is mental health is still a taboo in our culture because of the way we were treated in the past because we were so easily dismissed as mentally ill or crazy every time we tried. Mm. So going to people and talking to professionals usually meant you were going to be labeled and attacked in some way, shape, or form by society. So it's just now that mental health has become a we can all play together and no one gets stabbed in the face because it hasn't been that way for many a year. And I say right. that, you know, tactfully, but it's it was a defense mechanism more than anything else. So you had to keep it to yourself because it was going to cost you so much more to try to seek these things out in the public. And it still happens to this day. We still vilify people for expressing themselves, especially if we don't say something that we like, regardless of how they feel or how truthful or not truthful it is. We still do it to this day. It's just people have become more courageous in their actions because they're now not seeking the approval of others. They're just trying to help themselves and the people they love. So, True. But I'll go ahead and, um, you know, slide off in the uh, sunset and listen to y'all rap. <laughs> <laughs> now, he made a good point, though. He definitely made a good point, you know. And I, and I, I think conversations like this, you know, these topics and you doing this show and we continue to talk about this, that's what we're doing. We're pushing the envelope. We're evolving. You know what I mean? We shouldn't be like our parents or our grandparents and our kids and the kids after that shouldn't be like us. We should all evolve on all of this, whether it's manhood, relationships, you know, whatever it is that we feel like we have to do it this way. You know, we got to evolve from that. That's what we're supposed to do as a, as a species. So I think, these conversations are are extremely helpful because they push the envelope on that. Yeah, and it, it helps show one another, like, hey, I am not your enemy. Like, right. you don't have to spend your time trying to take me out of this world, you know, simply because you feel like I'm a threat. Like, I'm on the same page as you. We both have the same goals. We're heading in the same direction. So there's no need to look at me as your competition. You know, we already yeah, our, people. Mm-hmm. yeah, no, I was going to say, our, our only issue as people is we just have conflicting information. You yeah. know, the information I got may be conflicting with the information you got. You mm-hmm. know, so what we have to do is this. We got to communicate 
and know that there's there's no good or bad, there's no right or wrong. It's just perspectives. Mm-hmm. I see the world like this, and there's a reason I see the world like this because it's based upon where I come from. You see the world like that, and there's a reason for that. Now, when we come together and it's a clash, it's not a clash of I'm a bad person, you're a bad person, something's wrong with you. No, the clash is your information clash with mine. We need to sit down and figure out how to kind of bring our information together, how to marry our information and figure out what works and what doesn't work, what I need to get rid of, what you need Mm -hmm. to get rid of. Because if not, it's just a bunch of different information clashing and we start to hold on to, but no, my, my information is right. No, your information Mm -hmm. is just a perspective. It's not, it's not right or wrong. It's just how you and whoever else that taught you that that's how they think. Yeah. And being able to respect how somebody thinks like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with giving someone respect for expressing themselves, one, expressing themselves, but two, expressing themselves in a manner where you may not have thought about it. And that's okay because we're all never going to have the answers to every single situation, every question. Uh, it's just not going to happen. We have right. a lot right. of things. And, and, you know, and learn people for who they are. You know, I, I would say definitely learn people for who they are. Because like I said before, a, a lot of stuff where we get confused is is because somebody has said this is like this and we take it for face value. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about relationships. So there's a million relationship gurus out there that'll tell you if a man do this, it means this. That is probably some of the most ignorant stuff I ever heard in my life because there are no formulas that work for everybody in life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you can't, you can't tell me that you wrote a book and you said if a man does X, Y, Z, it equals X, Y, Z. And that blanket statement goes for every man breathing. Absolutely yeah. not. Like that that doesn't even make logical sense. So a lot of times I think instead of us trying to apply these formulas to everything, you know, this plus this plus this equals a great relationship, you got to scratch all of that and just say, what do, I, what do I need? What do I want? Can I communicate it? And if I can, then let me start to get to know this person for who they are. Let us talk about the information of things we believe. If they don't believe what I believe, let, let me be open-minded enough to understand why, you know, and, and, and hear them out and not judge it because it doesn't meet this one, two, three-step formula that, you know, somebody wrote about and said that this was the way to do it. Mm. Sir, listen, you're not going to come on this <laughs> you not that's what you're not about to do, okay? I'm not, I promise. That was awesome. That was really awesome. Um, we definitely do need to have more conversations like this because it's therapeutic. It's therapeutic to hear, but I'm sure it's therapeutic to also be able to speak from your perspective as, as well. And know that there are so many people out there that can resonate with what you're saying, like, effortlessly. Like, it's just second nature. And I'm sure they're looking at it like, finally, somebody who understands me. Um, I mean, relationships, y'all, we're trying to fix y'all relationships. We're trying to help you guys. <laughs> I'm serious. We're trying to fix and mend those relationships, get people comfortable, one, being transparent, because if you're comfortable being transparent, then that means you don't care what people are going to say or think about you. You're still going to be you. And once you're comfortable being you, 
and you've got the transparency down pat, then the next step is to communicate with your partner. Because now, at least you're putting it out there. Now, how they respond, you have no control over that. But at least you're doing it. So these conversations are very educational. Like, we should be charging y'all for listening because y'all go and y'all pay a therapist to sit down and you do all the talking and we're doing all the talking for you. But... Okay. This, is, this is true, but okay. no, nah, I mean, I think she said something key though. Transparency, transparency oh. is really key, and I, I've always looked at transparency different because a lot of people when they meet somebody they wait to be transparent later, and I understand oh. you gotta you gotta have some level of comfort to want to share with somebody, but I think the earlier you can be transparent, the better because. If it's something about you that does not mesh with this person, and it's something they can't deal with, they don't deal with. How much easier is it to say it in week two or three than month eight? Oh my God! You know what I mean? Like that—that that I don't get. Because in in week two, if if you say something to me or vice versa, and I'm just like, yeah, I can't, I can't really, I can't really get with that. Guess what? You only know me two weeks. Your life will be perfect in the next two weeks when you don't know me anymore. You won't even remember me in, in a month. Like it, it'll be fine. But now seven months in, eight months in, that's different. You know what I mean? Like this is going to be emotionally challenging now when when you all of a sudden come out of bag with something you could have said, you know, way earlier. So I believe in being transparent as early as humanly possible. Oh, okay. That I appreciate that. I'm like pro transparency. Um, that's how I actually started this show um, because, well, no, this is not. It's not how I started this show. That's how I started Radio Period came out with a show called Dear Love, and it was a show where listeners could record a message anonymously and send it into the radio station, and you would basically just vent and get however you're feeling off of your chest without feeling like you're going to be judged by listeners. Um, and then mm-hmm. we'll play it live on the air, and my guest will typically be a therapist, and then we'll sit down and we'll talk about what we heard, like what what did you hear as a certified um, medical um, staff or, you know, professional, what did you hear when someone says, I don't know why I can never find the right man? And then they just go into a whole spiel. So mm-hmm. that was the birth of the show, but transparency. Speaking of transparency, I need you to be yeah, transparent. No. Tell me Uh-oh. a secret. Okay, the secret is going to be based on something that you feel you could have done differently in a relationship from your past. Oh God, mm-hmm. man, I played the fifth. Oh, uh, let's see, what could I have? <laughs> what could I have done differently? Um, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm sure it's a list of things. I'm trying to pinpoint, pinpoint one more. Um, maybe the whole communication thing, you know, communicating communicating in the moment how mm-hmm. I felt about something versus, like, just kind of waiting, you know what I mean, and not, not saying it and letting it build up. And, and mm-hmm. once it builds up, it becomes something different versus, right. you know, it, it, when something first touched the first nerve, you can say it at ease. But when it's on, like, the fifth or sixth nerve, oh, it's coming out a totally different way. So that was me at one point. I wait till you get to that sixth nerve, and then I'm 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 mad, and then yeah, right. I come out 
I come out swinging, and then you look at it like, why are you upset? And rightfully so, because I hadn't communicated it earlier. Like, you know what? When you do that or when you say that, that's something that, you know, I can't handle. Like, never and always can be curse words in a relationship. I always mm-hmm. tell uh, women coaching clients that, like, when you when you come to this man and you say, well, you don't ever or you never. I just did it last week now. You somebody uh-huh. never, because all I hear is the never, or you always, what do you mean always? I hadn't done that in two years. But you <laughs> always say, <laughs> so uh-huh. I take that very literally, like, what do you mean never and or always? So, you know, a lot of times is when something is bothering you, communicate it early, you know, so that it doesn't become something later that's a big, you know, that's a big deal and a big factor. So that's something I know I definitely could have did better. Mm. That's good. That's good good that you would acknowledge that. Um, Communication is very big in relationships. It makes up probably 95% um, because you have body language, too. And, you know, sometimes we find it hard to express how we feel, especially if we feel like it may hurt the other person. So that's something that we don't want to do. Um... You said black men don't lie, so um, I can't really go back into that subject. Um, no, you definitely. Too soon. That, that just, we can, yeah, we can leave that leave that for all future shows. That is a staple. <laughs> no, never have to never have to question that ever again. I mean, you know, it happens. Um, Black men are not perfect. Black women are not perfect. Even though you guys may, you know, beg differently, but um, no. Why is it? Let no, that's a valid point. What that black? Oh, that, that black no, that, no, nobody's perfect. perfect. Yeah, no, nobody's perfect. And I think we have to go into, you know, relationship situations knowing that. Like I know we have these pretty pictures of what we want in our head, but. Yeah. You know, I always say the 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 idea of a thing pales in comparison to the reality of it. Sometimes, you know, right. you have an idea of something, but you know, the reality of it is is that this is not a perfect person. You know, right. I don't think it is a such thing. So it's gonna be somebody with flaws or may not be proficient at opening up or whatever the case may be. And you know, mm. like you said, you have to go into it knowing that I, I'm not getting the perfect human being here. Mm-hmm. So. This yeah. person comes with past hurt, past pain, mm-hmm. past trauma, or as one of my old guests used to say, um, relationship residue. So, I mean, when you think about it, okay, look at the couple um, Kanye West and Kim Kardashian. So we know what she looks like all makeup up, but when she put that makeup off and he got her to himself, you know, mm-hmm. He still chooses yeah. to be with her. Um, you know, when she comes out of them clothes and her body looks the way that it looks without the clothes and the spanks and stuff, then <laughs> you, he he knows. He knows, like, literally her naked truth. And oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the person you're with is probably the closest. I always say that's the probably close, the closest person you'll ever be to in this life. And you know, not your kids, not your, not your, mm. your, your mom and dad, because this person who you with have seen you in ways that your kids and your mom and your dad and your family will never see you, literally. Oh. 
So, you know, they know they know everything, the good, bad, the terrible, mm-hmm. all of that. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I always say that's the part that that I try my best to think about when I think about relationships because if we if we don't, sometimes we just get caught up with in 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 the la la land of it. Yeah. And then you know, I I want somebody to hold my hand and walk down the street with me. You know, when I say when I say a word, you say the word at the same time, and we're soulmates, and we want that. But we don't we don't think about the, you know, you getting on my nerves. Please don't talk to me right now. Or oh my god, like you you snore, like oh my god, like we don't think about these other things that is human. They're, they're human things that we're gonna have to. They also come with it, you know. So. Yeah, you can't get just the good. Man, you know what? If we could build our own person, that would be crazy. That would be ridiculous. They got, they got some. They got some robots and some artificial intelligence coming out. So you know, stay tuned. You might. <laughs> you heard it first. <laughs> um, yeah, really. Somebody give me some credit for that if it happens. Listen, it's coming out. It's it's going to come out. Like I'm saving my money right now because that stimulus check. <laughs> Hmm, I'm banking mine because I'm about to get me uh, Mr. Chocolate 2.0, like, with all the updates and gadgets. I'm getting the bells. Yeah. I'm just saying. Way to, way to use your stimulus check. I, yes. I hate you. Nothing See? wrong with that. You know, invest. invest if in people something can invest future. in cryptocurrency, I can invest in a future AI. Why not? This is, this is true, you know. I this is definitely true. That's why yeah, I say, hey, you know. we're selling Monopoly money. You want to buy? <laughs> right. No, I agree. Hey, so, sounds like you got a plan. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with her. Listen, so <laughs> let the people know where where can they get in touch with you? And please just give us a quick summary of your book because you are definitely a published author as well. Best selling. Um. I can't wait to do a plug. So real quick, uh, again, my name is R.J. Hodges. Uh, the name of the book is called You Can't Practice at the Game, The Art of Mastering You. But I also uh, create courses under that same title, The Art of Mastering You. And I actually have one right now, and I think it's perfect for people listening to this because where we are right now, we got to learn how to put ourselves in a place of peace, take an inward journey, work on our spiritual, emotional, and even our mental health. Um, So the course that I have right now is about teaching people how to meditate, how to discover inner peace, and how to protect and replenish their energy. Um, So that course can be found at masteringyou.teachable.com, and you can find me at RJ Hodges Speaks on all social media platforms. And tell them, when does your 30 days of peace and no stress start? The 30 days of peace and no stress. I forgot. Look at you helping me out. I appreciate that. It starts uh, It starts April 1st. Um, I did 30 days of clarity back in January. And basically all it is is that every day for 30 days, we're going to work on just being in a place of peace. We're going to take a, a couple minutes out of our schedule each day just to meditate and just really block out stress. I'm not going to let nothing worry me in the month of April. But what I'm mm-hmm. committed to doing is, not just telling you to do it, but like I said, I created this course to show you how to do it. And then for 30 straight days, I'm going to be posting on all social media platforms of my 30-day journey. And anybody that's joining me, you can do the same. You can post hashtag at RJ 30 days and and just tell about your journey each day of, you know, what's going on 
you know, what did you get from your meditation? What tried to stress you out? What did you overcome? So, and it's not mandatory that you post, but I'll definitely be doing it for 30 straight days. Mm. Okay, let me ask you this question. So, if we were not in the world of technology and um, we didn't have the internet, um, how do you, what do you think you would do to help people achieve that same goal of no stress? Um, what I did before all of this, I've been doing this for a long time. So prior mm-hmm. to the internet and doing all of this online, uh, some of these things that I put in the course are things that I've been teaching in one-on-one coaching for over 10 plus years. And when mm-hmm. I say one-on-one coaching, I'm talking about in a physical practice where people come sit in front of me every single day, you know, some five, six, seven, eight sessions a day sometimes. So if we didn't have the internet, I would be back in a brick and mortar building having people come in one by one or having some type of group coaching and, and really facilitating it in, in person, the, the old way per se, but um, doing the exact same thing. Gotcha. Well, it was such a pleasure to have you on tonight, Mr. Hodges. I really appreciate you coming on. We're definitely going to have you back on, sir. Please, everyone, make sure that you follow him on social media as well as check out his projects and his upcoming events April 1st do not forget about that so any quick shout outs um no I just you know thank you so much for having me it was a pleasure I think we had a great conversation hopefully you know people got something out of it and um you know if if I say anything work on yourself I think that's the biggest thing that we could ever do in this lifetime is work on us you know, not that anything's broken, but just mm-hmm. to enhance and improve and evolve who you are. Right, gotcha. Well, thank you again so much. So yes, for thank everyone, you, for you are so welcome. So for everyone, um, please make sure you go to he said what network dot com. You can check out tonight's episodes um, as well as the episodes on Studio Vibes. We're here every Tuesday from eight to nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You check out tomorrow's show. She said, What? Same time, same place. Good night.